0: I also noticed that we didn't really, uh, we didn't really introduce it properly, the the topic, and you guys may remember. So I think either I'll just say like ten seconds at the beginning to say like this is going to be about reparations because we didn't say that very much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Last time,
0: yeah,
2: yeah I remember that
1: we
0: buried the lead. <laughs>
1: we
2: buried the lead big time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: This is not politics once again, Mikey. Yeah. Uh, can you uh, introduce our guest today? Oh, shit.
1: I should have written something down for that, eh? <laughs> 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 All right. Our guest today is Dr. John Torrey of SUNY Buffalo. Is that right? Buffalo State. Buffalo State. Buffalo State. So uh, he's a professor, or assistant professor in the philosophy department. Am I correct about that, John?
2: Yes. Yeah. Also working uh, to develop the Africana Studies uh, program we have off, uh, as well, so doing a little bit of double duty. Uh, a lot of fun though. I love the philosophy department. Uh, uh, the university's been really great to me. Buffalo's been really dope so far. So happy to keep doing the work up here. Let's start introducing what we're talking about. The average person, if you were to ask me, uh, do you think black people should get reparations? They'd be like, no. Why should they get an extra check? There's actually um I wrote this story in my dissertation, I'll never forget this, uh, when my buddy told me this. Um, his mother worked um at some let's say, uh, like Midwestern what is this? Uh Midwestern company and uh she was one of the only black women that worked at the company and so she was talking with one of the white coworkers, you know, about how things might be a little tight this month because you know it shit can cost money to live, right? So some months it's a little bit a little bit harder to live, some months a little easier to live. So she was saying this month's gonna be a little tight, and her coworker looked over at her and she said, "Oh well, you know, don't don't you just use your check? <laughs> like, I don't know why you're having like financial difficulties. Like, I, I don't you just like use your check? And so uh, my friend's mom was like, I, "Wait, like I, I don't take social security. i, I, I and the only check I get's the paycheck you get. Same way, you know, we're working the same job." And she was like, no, no, the, the, your reparations check. I, I thought black people get, like, a check every month. Uh, and so my, my friend's mom had to actually tell this lady, well, these are grown people, right? Like, they're not, like, they're not, like 15 or so. These are, like, adults, right? Uh, and so she had to tell her, no. Like, I, I get the one check you get or, you know, how many times they get paid a month. That's what I get, too. Like, there's nothing additional coming. And the co-worker was so dumbfounded, she went down the hall, grabbed another co-worker, and was like, you got to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like the – I take that to be somewhere around like the base level of what most people think reparations is, and some people actually think it already happened. That's, oh that's the, the tenor of the conversation for most of the country. That's what I think it is. Um, you know, I, I don't think necessarily that the, the talking heads or the Twitter represents how most people – here, I think it represents a great cross section for sure, but I don't think it touches how um, you know uh, everybody, I should say, is, is, or what what my you know what the majority of people are, are feeling. Look at the policies. That's what I think. Don't look at who's talking. Look at the policies. So everybody says they want reparations. It hasn't come for a while, and I don't think it's coming anytime soon, even though folks are campaigning about it um, and folks oh, are clamoring for it on the internet.
1: So we kind of buried the lead there a little bit. Like, we're talking about reparations here, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> if, that's not, uh, if that's not clear from, from John's response there. But yeah, like, that's that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking specifically about uh, reparations for uh, injustice against Black people in America, right? And um, it seems like what you're up to a little bit in, in the work that you're doing is, is to sort of clarify, right? Like, to get clear on what it is reparations are meant to do, right? And you... Yeah. And Use this is framework of black rectificatory justice. I didn't say that right. Rectificatory justice. Is
2: that right? Yeah, it's a mouthful, but yeah. that's that's the way I think we need to change. I, um, while I think reparations, in terms of say compensation, you know that 200 to 500 billion dollars is not, not a bad idea. In some sort of you know we want to think about dispensing money out here, but I don't think that's where things have to end. In fact, I don't think that's where things should end. Um, in fact, I think we should see reparations as part of a broader concept, rectificatory justice, right? Um, uh, that comes from, uh, Rodney Roberts. Uh, I think he's still at East Carolina. Um, but, um, rectificatory justice is, is designed to step in when distributive justice is broken down and the kinds of injustices that black people have suffered, uh, currently and go back. should pick a year and a year. um, those qualify as failures of distributive justice, right? like goods and services were not getting provided or rights are being denied or violated. In any one of those instances, there is a right to rectification. Uh This, this stems from back in lock. This is generally speaking the, the kind of uh, uh, tone that many black reparations arguments take is this violations happen. So we have a right that needs to be dealt with like the right to reparation of some sort Um but what we don't even talk about is what that right to reparation should look like. And in fact, I think it's a right to rectification and that rectification should come in at least, uh, three of these different forms, uh, three of these four different forms. If it's going to require an apology, you have to, you have to, um, uh, acknowledge that you caused harm in some way, shape, or form. This harm happened under your watch when it was perhaps responsibility to prevent said harm, right? Like the U.S. government didn't necessarily hang somebody, but if, heaven help me, you know, if they're part of setting up the conditions that would allow it so that someone could hang somebody and get away with it, then yeah, this did happen on your watch, right? So um, even to the, even to that end, uh, the, the recognition of the harm done and the desire to not see that kind of harm done again perpetuated needs to be acknowledged. Um, there also does need to be compensation. So there's you know, That's part of it. Reparations is part of the rectificatory justice framework, which is why I don't think I'm not, you know, we're not out of step. We all want the same thing, but let's broaden the scope. We want to make sure that we're rectifying the whole of the injustice. So, um, apologize, pay if you can. Um, if it's something like property, like I always, I tell my students, like if, if I had some chickens and you took my chickens, then you should apologize for taking my chickens. If the chickens are still alive, give me the chickens back. So, you know, Restore what was mine. If you fried up and ate the chickens, give me some money for what the chickens were worth, and um, also punishment. That's the fourth step. So, and if possible, you know, you might have to go to jail. You know, maybe you need to pay a chicken stealing fine. I don't know, but punishment in some way, shape, or form is kind of the fourth leg, right? So the goal is to utilize those four things, but you it requires that apology at minimum. Um, And again, which is uh, not just like an I'm sorry, but it's a recognition of the harm done and a recognition of responsibility not to continue to perpetuate. So that is going to be a a necessary piece.
1: I think you use this nice nice example in this paper, right? Where you say, um, look, if somebody breaks into your house, right. And they steal your shit, right. um, Just getting your shit back doesn't do anything to um, repair the, the transgression of rights or whatever.
2: Right. Like, so, you know, if someone were to kick your door in, but they didn't steal anything, what ha- like you're something bad happened here. Your rights got violated, even though they didn't take a thing. Right. The same if they kick your door in and they steal all your shit, you're pissed. Your rights got violated. They took all your shit. Right. Like um, in either instance, you want to have the whole of the rights violation taken care of. So if they took all your stuff, you know, bring it back. Right, like you want the cops to find it and bring it back, or you want to catch that motherfucker on the street and get it back. And, and get, get it back. Uh, but if possible, get it back, and you want to make sure that person at least is cognizant they armed someone and that they shouldn't do that again, right? Uh, or at least, yeah, they, that person should, the, the thief should be cognizant of that. On the flip side, if they kick your door in and they don't take anything, you know, you don't want, you don't need the what is it? You want them to fix the door? Like that's not gonna. That's not gonna repair the harm, right? There, there was something else that happened there. Your property rights got violated. And and in so doing, you have perhaps a right to rectification and, and you know that apology would again be necessary and you know, perhaps punishment in that instance would be necessary, right? Like you know, you kicking know, they indoors, like we gotta take that guy out of here, you know, he's gotta leave. So um I do I but do I, think that's uh, yeah, I, yeah.
1: like um so Bernie Sanders, for instance, he has this uh response that Look, what are we talking about when we're talking about reparations, right? And so, like, um, you know, what I think of when I think of reparations as a, a Sanders person, right, is is uh, like social programs that lift up disadvantaged communities, which you know are uh, disproportionately uh, communities of color in America, right? And so, like, that's that's reparations, right? But but are you sort of saying like that that in and of itself would would also be insufficient, right? Because it doesn't work at acknowledgement or yeah.
2: So, I think there's two uh there are two legs to the insufficiency on one end um, yes, right a program that does a massive uplift to all uh distressed communities in this country will certainly end up um being acting like a program that's going to be targeting a whole lot of black and brown communities, which would be to their benefit that's wonderful. What it doesn't do is acknowledge the harms done in the past. Right. So we can do program we can do social programs to uplift distressed communities, but that doesn't necessarily change or or not even change, but um meaningfully address the moral wounds that have been done in so far as creating the conditions that are required to have to make a social program that's supposed to lift up all these distressed communities. And on the flip side, it also doesn't like let's see here, anti-black injustice is specific to black America, right? So while Everybody would benefit from programs that do that. Again, it seems to ignore the specific harms done that created these communities, that made the communities be distressed to begin with, right? Um, I think it just it, it's the right kind of idea, and I think those programs would also be able to serve as a form of regulatory justice. But I also think that without the specific Form of recognizing with each community, or well, I'm not but so, so far as everyone will be uplifted, each community. But I'm worried about recognizing and um, openly admitting to the Black community, we're doing this for you all because we fucked up,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Like that's got to be part of it. Otherwise, you know, hey, we're helping everybody, and that, <laughs> that's great. But right. you know, like like I you know I slapped I slapped I slapped you in the face but I'm taking everyone to the hospital, but, you know, I know everyone needs a ride, but you, you know, what the hell, man? I'm happy to go to the hospital. I need but, you
0: know, still wondering what the hell. Can we maybe talk a little bit about what, what it looks like um, when a, a a solution like a cash payout or even a generalized social program that doesn't um, directly address the, you know, the group that, um, Against which something some harm has been done, uh, what does that look like once those once those social programs or that um, that pay that doesn't recognize the harm done, what kind of situation does that leave the group in um, and like how does it prevent sort of um, a more meaningful step forward somehow
2: sharing the same uh, vehicle as the group that oppressed you seems for, uh, for like for like upward mobility, getting the same benefit seems peculiar. Again, it, it 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 seems to obfuscate that everybody's distress is the same distress. I think that's the main point, right? That's uh. You, so you end up with the communities, you know, the communities that that uh, what is it? Instead of praying the oppression of Olympics, it's like oh well, there is everyone has a gold medal, and I think that seems to like. Reduce those reduce those differences in the communities down too much, particularly when um, it may not change the policies that have actually affected specific communities. So we can we can enact our policies to uplift, but are we enacting or getting rid of the policies that had also that continue to what is that downtrodden, right? So if one of the problems in communities of color is what is it like? Inadequate public goods and services, right? Like the police suck; they either never come or they're there too much. Um, if that's the case, then unless those programs are going to be able to target the kinds of problems that help to create, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't, I don't see a um, um, a one-size-fits-all kind of solution. So I do wonder what those I wonder what those programs would look like that could be targeted enough that it would be rectifying the injustices that, you know, rectifying the scenario that are creating the injustice. Right. Like what do you, what are we, yeah, I would wonder what that would look like.
0: Well, the reason I, the reason I brought it up was there was a certain part and I, unfortunately I'm kind of going to be jumping around here. Um, This is probably a whole other part of the conversation that you may want to have, but um, with respect to like a legal solution in terms of like simply changing laws, um, so that you know, historical laws that were unjust can be changed by policymakers, and then okay, so problem solved. After those laws are changed, the assumption is injustice against the particular community, the black community, is is no longer a problem. So there's no more injustice. The laws have changed, and now you have a situation where okay, so the the, the suffering that we were addressing has disappeared. And I think it's pretty plain to see that that isn't how um, the after effect of changing laws has played out certainly in this example. And I think in general, we could probably look at lots of examples throughout history where someone notices a mistake or not even a mistake. That would be the wrong word. Someone notices an unjust structural injustice uh, takes action against it, uh, you know, at at, at a policy level and nonetheless um, the same source of problems continues to be impacting the community that was supposed to have been um, delivered from that. And, you know, it's just an interesting uh, question to try and discuss exactly how that looks. Um, But that was sort of what what, one thing that jumped out at me was was that kind of it's a very kind of simple way to illustrate it. Right. Like, well, the laws have changed. So obviously the problem solved. I think everybody can see that it doesn't play out that way.
2: Right. Well, I, I guess I wouldn't say everybody, right? Like, um, I, I think that 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 approach, that the laws have changed, so things have changed. Um, it works if you have a particular worldview. I think that's I think that I think that's how we might want to uh, I might want to sell that, right? Like, I I might I, I mean I certainly disagree, right? Like, the, the laws have changed, and for many people, a lot has not really shifted right or or in fact the laws have changed in such a way that they may have harmed people right so uh while we might get civil rights on back in, you know 20 years later the war on drugs is going through right so it's a well you can vote and then 20 years later oh we'll, we'll, let's start chopping that voting population down as well. um yeah I, I, but i do think if you have more of it so uh in, in the paper, I, um, um, I charge this up to, generally speaking, the black, uh, it would be like the neoconservative academic, right? So, um, I'm happy to have civil rights, but against things like school vouchers, uh, very much, uh, you know, a fan of the individual as the, you know, the, the primary political unit, um, very fans of middle class American values as, you know, as baseline values that most people should, you know, adopt and try to pursue. Um, yeah, you'll think, if you change the laws, that's that means that something in society has changed, such that our political process is played out in such a way that you've gotten the abilities that you wanted, right? Like I, I can remember, um, so I'm from St. Louis. Um, I remember watching on a, like a live stream, there was a, a protest happening outside of Bush Stadium. Um, uh, probably in september october uh probably september after uh, michael brown was, uh, was murdered so uh and i'll never forget seeing a, a, a young white lady in a cardinal's hat walk past the camera and she screamed we gave you your freedom right like what do you what more do you want and so in a very real way the laws have changed um you know Anti-discrimination legislation is a thing, right? Like you, you are not allowed to discriminate against people on the basis of race. That's a that is a that's a national thing. You can get in actual trouble for that. But um, is it House, uh, uh there have been bills to help uh, help with like fair housing act, right? So you can't discriminate on the basis of race for trying to make sure that I can get housing. Uh, affirmative action ends up coming into play, right? So we have preferential treatment programs. The laws of someone could read this and go. The laws have changed so much, so the laws have even changed in your favor. What more do you want? And that again, that that's for um, a number of like, famous black conservative folks like Shelby Steele, John McWhorter. Uh, you can you'll see him on CNN and stuff on a regular basis, even now. So I saw him on Don Lemon earlier this year, I think. Can't by, But um, you know, he's he's been famously, uh, you know, we already got reparations, right? That's That's kind of the position for um, a number of people. And I think not just a number of people, I also think this is kind of the general position of the country. The polling has not shown people want to give black people reparation. And in fact, even about a third of black people don't want to give black people reparation. So there's there is not a lot of goodwill towards this idea, and I think it's because a lot of people already think it kinda already happened. What did, you know, what did Martin Luther King get shot for? Civil rights. Black people have Civil Rights Act. It has to keep getting renewed. They don't keep talking about that part so much. But, um, again, the, the, the focus has been on, you know, we did things that produced changes in the laws. And the changes in the laws also came with, you know, changes in how social order operates. So, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan got in trouble for, for saying he wanted uh, his daughter to she was gonna have black guys. She wanted him to have an I quote, eight foot tall, million dollar in work. Send mm-hmm. that on tape. Got caught. Uh, of course, that tape was him sleeping with his best friend, Bubba Love Sponge's wife. Uh, and so that all got leaked on Gawker, and Hulk Hogan took down Gawker. That was that was the headline. Hulk Hogan took out Gawker, not Hulk Hogan. Curse has been, you know, just, you know, just, just terrifying racial language, and then oh, he also said, "Oh, we're all uh, we're all a little racist," and then goes fucking n-word. Uh, I mean, you know, this guy's a damn, and the audio is, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's do the ear hole there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the WWE kicked him out, right? Like he got he got in trouble. He, he ended up coming back again recently, though. So. Just you know, you can be racist for you can be racist. We gotta put you on the bench for a while. You can come back. Um, is that Paula Dean got caught up? Um, Riley Cooper got well. He ended up getting a contract extension after getting caught saying he would fight every N word at a Kenny Chesney concert, which means he, he's willing to fight probably 20 people. So you know, it's uh, it it is a bizarre world out here. But what people would think is the way that. Uh, social backlash happens to racist people. The lady at the CBS, uh, I forget her name, but her, her name is Nationwide. She's donkey of the day on, on 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 the Breakfast Club. Um, people know exactly who she is. She's a racist tirade in front of a CBS, got calling on, on cell phone video. People will think that because we're catching these instances, we're making them, uh, uh, what is it? Like well known to the public that we don't like this. These are all um, uh, symptoms that we've solved the problem, right? We've changed the laws, and people don't like this happening. There are people who will argue, well, then that that's it, right? Like, what again? What more do you want? That's really interesting. I mean, that that sort of speaks to the things that we usually talk about on this
1: this podcast, right, Zeke? Like, um, the idea that you know because because there's a kind of cancel culture or or uh, call out culture on social media, right, and because there are these um, you know kerfuffles <laughs> but that that don 't actually end up having real life consequences outside of social media right um, that that racism is solved or something right or or that that reparations have been sufficiently the culture's been changed sufficiently right
2: right right. Yeah. Or that I, mean, I could
0: I, participate sufficiently in uh, anti-racist activism or in doing my own bit towards paying back a small amount of reparations personally by tweeting at somebody or insisting
2: that they, you know, get get their punishment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like, and, and, I mean, in some ways, I don't want to I do not want to. Like, I don't want to shit on the, the legitimate power of social media because they'll find some of these people out. They'll say they work here. They do. So the lady at the CBS turns out she's a Hollywood, like, costume maker, right? So you can't be no racist in Hollywood. They don't like that in general. That's That, that tends to be a no-no out there. So I, I do wonder if, she, you know, if she'll ever get work again or something like that. Some of these people, they will get found out that they'll lose, you know, perhaps employment depending on the kind of job, you know. Kind of, you know, if you were being racist as a teacher, you might get fired. Um, if you're being racist as a cop, uh, I, uh, they're probably not fired yet, probably but fine. Yeah. But yeah, you might get a badge. <laughs> Let me stop. Uh, but, but, um, you know, seriously, some, some people do get punished based off of, you know, they'll say, "Internet, go find this person." That like that'll be the post on Twitter. Right? But who is this? Which scares the fuck out of me. That, I don't know about y'all. That scares the but be- Jesus out of me. That you know, heaven help me. Somebody just says go get them. They will come knock. I said get my door kicked in. I'm the door get kicked in for real. You know that's that that does that 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 unnerves me just a little bit. But you know when that power is used for good, that's that's pretty dope. On the flip side though, I think you're absolutely right that there's something. Um, there's something that people think that they're doing when it's like a micro participation, event, right? Like I'm, I, I'm, I retweeted the go find them picture, right? I didn't go, I didn't do any of the hunting, but I wanted to let everybody else know that i that we need to go find this lady because she was racist in front of the CBS. So I participated in helping to address the injustice. I'm, you know, in a very weird way, it's like, I, you know, yeah, I think you can say you helped, but I don't think you can say you helped. Like in not any meaningful way, right? Like, but you know, maybe if it was because your friend saw it and went and did the hunting, all right, I helped, right? That makes sense, right? I let I let my friend know about the event and they came to the event. Then yeah, I helped publicize the event, that kind of thing. But you just you know, shouting it into the ether doesn't mean that everybody heard, and it certainly doesn't mean that you were the one listened to, right? So I do think that's. I, those micro participations are to me like shouting in the ether, and so I, I don't think people should be taking much moral. But I should say this: you can say you might have participated, but you shouldn't take much moral credit. There's, you have not, you should not pat yourself on the back and think that you are you are becoming more anti-racist because you you know you you like the AOC tweet, right? Like I, I don't think that's I don't think those two things run hand in hand.
1: And likewise, you, like you don't think that that change in culture. In general, like as a beyond right. the individual, like do you, that, do you think that that is um, speaking to a, a less racist culture, or do you think it's ephemeral or something?
2: Um, ephemeral. Yeah. I, uh, it's. I will say uh, to quote, I believe Chris Rock. We have the nicest white people we've ever had, right? and that's to, that is a that's a that's a real thing, right? Like uh, uh, conditions in general are much better. Than, I always think my grandmother's in the nineties, the early nineties, right? Life is, I called her when Obama got elected the first time because I know she, in fact, she said, I never thought I'd see this happen, right? So the world has made meaningful changes. She was a lot, when she grew up for the majority, her first half of her life, damn near, without the right to vote, right? Like this was just an assumption that she, this is how this 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 works, right? Not going to be able to own property, not going to be able to really vote for real. Uh, It's going to be tough to find work. This was just life this was how she knew life to be and while unfortunately i could probably say that same thing for black people right now like to self-to-own to property because of things like redlining tough to find work uh because of what is it de- de- deindustrialization um and so a lot of factory work that did propel a lot of blacks uh, a lot of cities that have pretty uh, pretty sizable black populations end up dying and so they people lose jobs and um well i forget what the last one is but that said um you know conditions have changed But people like to say the youth will set us free and all these white shooters, all these uh, folks that they find out about, I'm about to, I'm about to blow this thing up. The, the, the member of the military who was ready to send an armored explosive van to CNN, they're all young and white. The guy that went, Dylan Roof, young and white. I mean, like, I'm, I'm. I'm just as concerned that whatever kind of like I don't want to I don't want to say it's virtue signaling because that, that like there are people that that That's genuinely get affected by some of this stuff and right. do want to change like and there are been I, I you know uh, there has been meaningful shifts in society towards um, gender towards race towards sexual orientation in ways that shouldn't be ignored. We also shouldn't think. We have moved the ball forward much. I'd say at best we probably got a first down, and we started at the one, right? Like we stood out. We stood out a while ago before we're even in scoring territory.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if you want to speculate this, but like it seemed like you were going in this direction, and and I'd like to hear what you have to say. Like it seemed like what you were, where you might go there, and was like something like, you know, the same impulse that leads to virtue signaling, or or micro micro activism, as we as you called it earlier, right? Like, uh, that's, that's the same kind of um, thing that leads to these, like, individual terrorists
2: doing these actions, right? You got it, man. Like, yeah. so, no, you know, the same great that social media can do, it's, it's the same dark box if you need it to be. And people can find what they need to, and that same sort of impulse to join and be the... The, be, to, the, to be on the moral high ground, there are others who will happily be like, no, fuck that, I'm not be there. Like, I, that's, that, that doesn't speak to me. Right? Right? They're talking even better. They're talking bad about me. Right? To be on the moral high ground means there's something wrong with me, and I'm not going to say something's wrong. There's something's wrong with them, and I can find a whole lot of people that share the same thing. Um, John Munch on SVU once said, like, what's in the old days, the crazies you used to have to find each other with the pamphlets. Now you can go online and find each other with a click. And these websites and you know the forums and you know, the, they're legit out here. You know, people people really pay attention to these things. So yeah, I think I do think we're you know, it's 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 a double edged sword and I'm not sure that the the edge that we might want to cut the sharpest is actually the sharpest cutting edge. Right.
0: I was uh just had a thought. I want to bring back the idea of the kind of reparations as a dollar amount idea and kind of go back to the anecdote you started with John about the confused factory worker who thought that reparation checks were already coming every month. But uh, doesn't it almost, does it work to kind of critique it the same way um, as, as we're doing now with kind of cancel culture, how, you know, you download your sense of responsibility into this micro action. Wouldn't a check kind of be the same idea? Like, uh, is this sort of what you 're getting at with your critique about how it 's a piece of of um, rectificatory justice, but it 's only the piece that um, kind of materializes in its in its small limited way in the hand of the of the household, but you know absent any uh broader recognition that there 's a reason for this and a purpose for this it 's really just a way for the uh the uh, the uncomfortable white American to say, well, something's being done or like there's a there's a token of of like kind of of um, uh, of of the problem being solved that I can point to and say, OK, now I'm now I'm participating
2: in a solution that I don't have to go any further. You've got it. So I'm actually working on another paper right now. So that that says that reparations as money like that would just be money, Right. i I'm, I'm, Imagine Giving out the money and like, all right, we've you know we've made the payout. It happened. I remember Dave Chappelle had a funny skit that everybody said like all the black people blow their money. And who knows? There might we probably have a bunch of wonderful black businesses and black homeownership would skyrocket. And some people would blow it and whatever. It's 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 yours to do with, right? Also, um, there's not a
1: system there that's designed to suck all of the money out of black people's pockets.
2: But yeah, I mean, yeah. I imagine a whole bunch of reparations sales popping up on the television, real fast, right? Yeah. Like, uh, just in case your check came in, here's yeah. it, uh, 10% rep- for the ten percent off of reparations yeah. money. Like, I want to get my hands on some of that action. I, I can, you know, Pizza Hut will start giving out, some or not Pizza Papa John's will give away some some reparations pieces. <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah, like I think there's it's it's it um. It gives, giving out money doesn't do anything to necessarily repair the conditions or acknowledge the conditions that required you to give out the money, right? So policies are still in place that are gonna shit on the same people that you just paid, right? Half of that money is going back to the state because folks are gonna be paying out like fines and taxes and liens and, you know, getting people out of jail, all kinds of, like all kinds of things are gonna go into where the state gets most of that money back, I can maybe not most, but a good chunk of it's gonna go back anyway. Um, because the conditions that require that kind of payout haven't been. Oh, that like that. That's what I think is a limiting factor when people go reparations is money or it should just be money. You're missed. There's so much more needed to be repaired to actually address the whole of the injustice. We're only helping the, like, I'm not saying no money. Right. But what I am saying is how we maybe think about compensation needs to be broad, Right. I'll, I might take like less personal money. If there's a way to significantly improve the communities, like if, you know what I mean, like I, everyone can get a thousand dollars, you can take five hundred dollars and the other five hundred goes someplace. But to, you can do that like for two years. Okay, great. We can, you know, I want that money to help go into building up the community, or community trust, community bank, whatever that looks like. Or um, others have floated around ideas like, uh, what is it like, uh, help with uh, home uh, ownership. Not like not like programs, but like uh, financial discounts, or no zero student loan debt, or finding ways to try to offset financial burden. That is all. That's like another way of doing compensation without necessarily getting dollars in your pocket. And it's not, and it all doesn't, and it doesn't have to be an either or. These are all things that we should be conceiving of as ands, right? Give me some money in my pocket, and let's try to do a student loan debt zeroing, and Let's do a home ownership investing program for uh, for Black people, and you know, let's like that's when we're thinking about trying to repair the significance of these injustices. Because the 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 average white family's uh was the median household income is it's somewhere around three times, if not four times, as much as the median Black household income. I'm all about trying to get the money in. But I'm also all about trying to broaden how we're understanding what compensation looks like. And also what rectification looks like, right? It, let's get away from just the money. Because I tell you what, if they give out a billion dollars, <laughs> say something racist happened to you. No one's gonna hear that shit, no one's listening for it. There will be no country for any sort of claim of racism or racist injustice uh, or structural racism, it's like whatever. Use your money to get around it. Right. All right, we gave you the money. That, that's your outlet. You don't like your boss calling you the N-word? Quit. Start your own business. We're giving you money. Like, I, I there's, there will be very little tolerance. I mean, in a country that's already, again, minimally tolerant, Yeah, compared to maximally, like, angry, we're minimally angry about racism and justice in general. I, The payout is not going to allow more, uh, allow, for, um, allow for people to, like, respond to, or I shouldn't say allow for, it's just not going to, people won't respond to racism at all. They're not going to care. Because we did we did it already, right? We changed the laws and we gave you money. What more do you want? I can like that's the the what more do you want question that you know we gave you your freedom that like that that sticks in my head because that's like she's a regular smeggular white lady. Like that's you know, she's literally a middle of the country regular white person And that's most you know, the average white person that isn't in California or New York, like act as though California doesn't have significant pockets of Republicans up and down, or or, or more conservative people up and down. But you know yeah. what I mean? Regular, just white people. That's that's yeah. is around the majority of the country. You got that's this, that's the population we have to be concerned with. And this is how that group thinks, at least okay. insofar as reparations goes. This yeah. is the polling shows it. The lack of emphasis towards the towards it shows it. And white people will even say, "Yeah, y'all probably you know." We should have given it to the slaves, maybe. Like They'll point it out. Like you know, There are legitimate instances that would require rectification. Maybe we can't give it to those people. Or if it's modern day, we changed the laws already. What more do you want? I
1: have a, a question along those lines then. Like, you know, uh, it seems that if we just talk about compensation, right, as, as the main form of uh, rectification, then, then the problem we run into is this: more, what more do you want? Problem, right? So, where and it seems like the thing that's insufficient there is the apology, right? So, what's what does the apology look like? Does, is it is it just an official document from the government? Is it changing historical, you know, curriculum in high school? Like I don't know. What is, what, what what does it look like?
2: Uh, fantastic. Both. Again, none of this should be an either-or kind of. It's th- these should be put all. All the ideas go into the hat for how to rectify this country. Right. That's just how big it That's how large. That's how long. That's how brutal. That's how nasty the seven justices have been. That's how continuous they've been. Um, what, what, what's, what's the phrase that I end up pulling? It's um, um, I can see the article in my head right now. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, yeah. um, But ongoing. There we go. It's ongoing injustice. right? That's The history of anti-black injustice is that it's not that it's over. It's that it's ongoing. As such, we should be kind of big tent about the, the ideas so it is both I one thing I have pitched and under um, dissertation of doing this in future work uh changes to the education system would be necessary to revalorize the contributions uh, that black people have made to this country and to change how we discuss it you know people are very willy-nilly about whether the slaves or immigrant workers that's in a, that's in a, that, has, that was in a history textbook uh teachers or was it here's a picture of slavery, write a funny joke about this underneath. We're not taking we're not taking it seriously, right? And that means we're not going to take the current plight seriously. We, you know, it becomes kind of, oh, well, they got through this, and they got through this, and now we're here. And if we're not taking how seriously, I mean, I have my students uh, in one of my classes, um, we go through and we read, I think it's, uh, I think it's chapter, chapter five of um, Frederick Douglass's uh, autobiography of Slave Marriage when he tells the story of Esther. And and I haven't been read that so that these students who frequently have very because they're coming up in this era where, you know, there hasn't been a lot of attention paid to the seriousness and the brutality of uh, the black people face in this country and the, and the level of the injustices. I haven't been read about this um, uh, this poor young woman, Esther, getting the shit beat out of her by the office, by, by mask because she wanted to go be with, be with the guy she loved. like that That's literally it. He was just being cruel and savage on purpose and Frederick had to sit and watch. I make them read this so that they, they have to understand how serious this shit was. Right. i try to, they read a letter from Birmingham jail. You need to understand how serious this shit is. You read comedy river collector. You need to understand how serious they were taking this shit about having to change the world. Um, but that's, I take that as a, a necessary kind of change that, yeah, will be part of compensation. Um, I also think uh, – what, what was the other suggestion you had, there, Mike? It was um, – um, you said education. Um, like a formal thing? document, government document or something So like that. the um, – uh, what is that? National Civil Liberties Act, I believe it is. Uh, was signed by Reagan. Uh, that was the, um, the act that uh, compensated um, Japanese Americans uh, uh, during World War II – that was the document that compensated them, and in that act, um, it, it says explicitly that we we made an error, and one of the, we made an error for three reasons. I always remember the first two. Um, what is it? Racial prejudice, wartime hysteria, and I always forget what the third one. Was, but they list that we interned you all for because we were using racial. Now they, again, we're not going to say racism. We'll say we were racially prejudiced, which, as government documents go in this country, that's as close as you're going to get to like, oh yeah, we did some racist shit. That's on the books. Right. And I do think that those things matter insofar as you get to point to that and say they had to pony up and apologize. What is that? Uh, I think uh, Australia's got the National I'm Sorry Day, right, for the indigenous people I and mean, the folks in the way that they, they, you know, kick shit out of them over there. Right? They have a, a National Day of Apology where that, that is part of the culture, it's part of the education, and it's part of the official documents, right? Like, it, that's it, – it, I don't want to say the official documents, you know, change culture by any means, but it's certainly nice to have it on the books as opposed to, again, shouting it in the ether, right? I, like I, you, need to, you need to actually own up for this. Right, it's not um, controversial. The house did a document like that. They did a yep. full-blown apology. The House did it. The Senate did not uh, – the Senate didn't do it. Uh, They didn't take it over. The House did a uh, a resolution that was fairly nicely worded about basically trying to own up to the um, to the to the the country's and the government's missteps and and continuing uh, allowing or being the uh, purveyors of anti-black injustice. Like there's again, there's there are ways to pull that off. Right. And again, I I do think we should be big tent about how those ideas work. I I don't think any of these things necessarily cross up with one another. Right? It might be about how, what kind of resources do we have to expend to do whatever it is, but I, a lot of the ideas don't necessarily cross up when it comes to what it means to compensate, apologize. Um, I, I don't think there's much you can get restored. Perhaps, uh, perhaps voting rights for felon or something along those lines. Maybe that would be some way to do restoration or something, something like that, perhaps. But there's not there might not be much as, as much to restore, and I'm not necessarily sure about punishment either. But you don't necessarily need all four to be doing rectory justice to rectify the whole of it. You do have to apologize, though, as that's a necessary step, because that means that whoever did the harm recognizes that the harm was done and that they shouldn't have done it, and that they're not going to do it again. And now you got to put that shit on the books. Right. Like now, now we can look back and go, you all have literally violated what you said you were going to do when X, Y and Z happens again. You have a, you still have a, a way to at least have recourse. And that's I, I might say legally, maybe not socially or culturally, but at least, it, again, it's on the books. Much like I'd rather have the Civil Rights Act keep getting renewed on the books than them doing a damn backroom handshake and we'll keep it rolling. No, no, get it on the books.
0: One thing we've never done on this podcast is kind of trying to find what what politics is, or at least what we mean by it. Even though we're always saying what's not politics, we're never saying what it is. And I think your your sort of uh, template there is giving us something at least to work with when we're talking about that. Because okay cancel culture is not politics. We can make fun of the internet. we make fun of Twitter and we can say that. I think that's, I mean, we'll, we'll get a lot of agreement from people. What we've said today is, is interesting because we've essentially said the same thing about money and compensation. It's, it is a critical piece of um, making amends or it's a critical piece of this discussion, but it's, it's more of a, to, uh, a token of um, exchange. I mean, that's what money is. It's an, ex- it's a, it's a, Figurative way of making an exchange. It's not a political transaction so much as it is a market transaction. So if we download our our, our sense of responsibility into an, into an exchange, then okay, we're we're doing maybe something. But again, I would say it's a not politics. So you're you're providing at least a few more um, uh, buckets to look into um, when we're when we're talking about action and when we're talking about um, being. Part of a kind of a political dynamic here. I think it's, um, it would be nice if we, I mean, if we can do it, uh, it'd be nice to explore some of those other two uh, facets, but at least saying that, okay, you have a, you have a a way of approaching compensation. A lot of people object to it, but it's at least something everyone could understand, but it's not complete. You have uh, the notion of an apology. There's probably some debate to be done as to how that's going to look exactly, but at least again, we can grasp what we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, uh, more of a summary than a point, but I think like that was a, you know, maybe the point is that like we are what we're talking about here is is getting closer to actual political dynamics rather than the fracturing of kind of how individuals bump into each other in society that generally people like kind of look at as their only outlet to take some kind of to, to you know, to be involved in um,
2: the the issue that they're debating or talking about. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, like shitting on Twitter too. They're, they're, those people clown. They do wild shit. But yeah. there's, there's a space there where productive discussions, again, generationally, that's where the productive discussions are going to be had. And that's something we're going to have to. We're we're the old men in the room at this point. Like yeah. That's something. That that is something we're going to have to really, uh, uh, like acknowledge. Like like generation. Like Greta, what Greta Thunberg? You know, she's like she's Twitter famous. You know, like that's. She's going to be able to carry that cachet for the, you know, un, until Twitter dies. Right? She's a like young lady, good.
1: the bright future, isn't that what the president calls she's, her? And, <laughs> but,
2: but in a real way. Yeah. She is. Like she's she's going to be leading the next wave of of of, of the climate change activists who are going to actually probably be, you know, uh, the, the you know she's what is it? David Hogg's two years older than her, right? Like these are these are going to be the folks who are going to be making waves. And I, I'm always interested to see how, the, you know, can you transition, you know, the, the tweets into the into the political action in some way, shape or form. I think we've seen evidence that you can, but things like Black Lives Matter are you know, doing a lot of protests and organizing based off of um, social media. And I also think that we might not want to lean on that as a, as, we don't know how those, we don't know how that's gonna play out, right? Like I, you know, the internet is also rife with uh, internal strife amongst all kinds of groups. And so I do. I do wonder how it's all going to play out. Um, but but that's that is that. You know, as much as we might want to shit on it, that's the, you know, the non-politics and the politics are happening in the exact same space. Uh, like the Agora has also become the Assembly. Right.
0: That's a nice way to put it. Is there anything you want you know um, to do next with this paper that you're working on that you think uh, you you want to mention or, or you know yeah,
2: how about this stuff?
1: to wrap this up? Tens of
2: listeners. <laughs> yes. So let me go ahead and start shouting out all my stuff. I was told at dinner last night I need to start uh, bragging about what I do so that people know. Because if, if you don't self-promote, no one will promote. So if you're in the Buffalo area or western New York, we have a uh, summer pre-college philosophy camp we just did at Buff State. We're going to run that again next year. Uh, go to buffstatelyceum.com. Uh, you'll get more information about that. Uh, um, high school age kids or, or, that's only... indeed, middle and high schoolers. Um, we ran it last year. We had a few, we had like, uh, I think six kids and they were, they were fantastic. Uh, they came every day, all week. Uh, we gave them some t-shirts at the end. We fed them for free. The whole program is free also. So, um, that's, that, that's, that's like my fun stuff. That's like the, that's, that's my ministry. Again, get, getting to work with students is teaching and working with students is, it's a blessing. It really is. Um, regarding my, uh, my work, um, so with this paper, um, I, I still need, I think, to do some edits on it. This conversation was really, really helpful, though. I think about some, some specific strands I can just kind of point to and, and really needle in on. So I really appreciate that. Uh, but I want I, to get this published. Like, this, is, this is stuff right out of the dissertation. They say my dissertation article. So I have this. Um, the general bit I'm talking about with uh, social recognition being important. Um, the first half of the dissertation, least first part of it, I'm using work from um, of, uh, Derek Darby, uh, where he made an argument about uh, moral rights as uh, being partly informed by social recognition, not just like the, the, the not natural, they're, they're actually a bit more on the social side. So I'm using that as like my fulcrum to try to say that that moral right to rectification that we're talking about for rectificatory justice, it's uh, there's a social recognition component that we're ignoring. And that's kind of getting in the way for why we're not able to uh, kind of get, again, marshal that right to get some support. Um, so I'll work on that. And I mentioned earlier the reparations, is hush money piece. I'm going to probably pitch that somewhere, see if I can get that on one of those really nice websites that people like to traffic, because I think I can write that on a short, concise way that people will enjoy. Um, and I'll be at APA East. I got a double dip. I'll be talking about You're going? It. So, at the program. You're at APA East. And, uh, yes, indeed. So I'll be in Philly. Okay, let's uh, get a drink. Yeah. But yeah. Absolutely. Oh, we're gonna get a few. So I, I think I go Thursday in the like the morning and in the evening, I wanna say. So I'll be there for a few days and be kicking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. And what what about you have a you have a piece that's available online at the APA newsletter newsletter, right? On philosophy and the black experience?
2: Yes, yes. Um you can check that out. It's about uh Black Lives Matters. Um what is it their philosophical um um of course, it's been a minute since I've seen this paper. Thanks for asking me, Mike. Uh, it's the philosophical presuppositions behind the matter and black lives matter. So um, I use uh, oh. and um, um, uh, the new Jim Crow. What's what what's what's her name? Michelle. Oh, oh God. Um, of course, I'm blanking on her name. But um, Alexander, right? uh, say that again, Alexander. Yeah, Michelle Alexander. There we go. So it's Astro Shakur, Michelle Alexander and uh Bell Hooks as like three theorists that aren't canonical by any means uh within philosophy, but that Black Lives Matter as uh, at least particularly at that time, as an organization sort of looking to these people as their theoretical as their philosophical inspiration. And ultimately I think that that does reflect poorly about how you know contemporary philosophy is being used and for for contemporary political purposes, right? Like if we're they're pulling from, you know, bell hooks is the closest we're getting them, and that's wonderful because I want them to read bell hooks. Uh, but if there's so many other people that they could be reading as well, who are just as helpful and just as insightful, um, from across the spectrum, you know, not just black, not just black people, but you know, there's a lot of a lot of great philosophical texts that will help enrich, I think, and enliven a lot of these conversations. But they're being ignored, and it's being ignored because you know, philosophy is ignoring them. So I think there's a you know, kind of a two way street there that, uh, uh, at least as academics, we got to try to do better about, and so as professionals, we got to try to do better about. Sounds good. So check that out at the APA newsletter. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I appreciate this, fellas. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, Thank, yeah. you Thank you, John.
0: Yeah. This was great. Yeah, John, thanks so much. That was, um, it's going to be a lot to take in. Uh, you really kind of run down this topic from a lot of angles, and it's, um, it's kind of fascinating to hear you kind of riff on some of the ideas. Um, so hopefully people got a lot out of it in the same way that uh, that we did
2: here. Oh yeah, follow me at MrPhilosopher3 on Twitter and Instagram. There you
0: go. yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, there he is. Okay, uh, let's call that it because.